Peter Puller is off tonight. He's got the night off. He's union, so you know he gets these he gets these nights off, unlike us. Like Smitty, he's always here. Oh yeah. He, in fact, he's here even when we're not doing a podcast. That's right. It's weird. And Ben, you know, he comes swinging in on a rope like El Cabong with his bong. <laughs> but Peter Puller is the union. We give him the big bucks, and he gets an occasional night off. So I will serve as my own announcer and janitor on this, the New Year's edition of the Planet Mikey podcast. Who can believe that 2019 is going to be just a distant memory in a couple of weeks? And we're looking into 2020. What a year it's going to be for everybody. We're going to have a big year. It's going to be a big political year. Uh, you know, I'm going to have the surgery. Ben's, Ben's going to get a job. We're going to have a good time yep. in the upcoming year. And our sponsors, who we love, we'll just briefly mention them because they told me already. They said, I don't give a shit how many times we mention them. <laughs> I said, well, how about five? They said, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. That would be Joe Fish Restaurants, North Reading. North Andover, excellent cuisine. Uh, Dr. Robert Leonard and Dr. Matthew Lepresti, uh, hair transplant experts extraordinaire. Uh, excellent hair transplant. They're, they're the best. And what's the other one? Oh, yeah, my grandma's coffee cake. Call 1-800-8-GRANDMA. Tell them. Don't tell them anything. <laughs> Just get a cake and <laughs> shut up. <laughs> the cakes are great, though, aren't they? Yeah. They are the best. I had one guy got a cake. We sent him a cake, and he was so happy. He said, I was so excited. I didn't know whether to eat it or have sex with it. <laughs> what and did he do? Yeah. He, he ate it. He, ate it. He, told, he called me back later. He said, I ate it. Got late, and I got hungry. <laughs> uh, that's usually what happens. Now, okay, so here's what we have for you. We have very, 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 but first, I want to pay tribute. If you don't, guys don't mind, we're, we're all radio people. Yeah. To one of the greats, one of the inspirations of my career, when I was a young teenager, or actually a little bit older than that, maybe uh, 20, uh, Don Imus, yep. who just passed away a few days ago, was my radio idol. He was the best. There, this is pre-Howard Stern. You know, this is pre... Uh, name some other people. <laughs> well, <laughs> pre, pre, you know, Pre-Mutt. Pre you know, this is before... I think all you need to say is pre-Howard Stern, and everyone gets it. Right. Yeah. He was unbelievably great. And, you know, back then, he was, he was a disc jockey. He was playing music. You know, he'd play a song. He'd come on. He'd wise off about it. He was always tired, grumpy, At the time, hungover. He, there was nobody like him before him. No. At all. He was like a little grouchy old troll, but funny as shit yeah. right from the get-go. And this is on AM radio. They had totally different rules. The FCC, you couldn't say stuff that you can say now. You, know, you couldn't. But he got away with a lot of things. His, one of his classic bits was when he called the uh, the McDonald's, told him he was a uh, National Guard guy, and they, we needed we needed four four thousand hamburgers for the troops. <laughs> oh no! And he got them all freaked out. He did these gags and stuff. But I used to just love the little things he'd say in between the records. I mean, you know, he played uh, WNBC. I miss in the morning. WNBC. That's and he played fifty fifty ways to leave your lover by uh, Paul Simon. Yeah. You know, so it's trailing out. You know. 
That's Paul Simon on WNBC, 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. But I miss in the morning. He goes, here at I miss in the morning, we have 51. You say, bye, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is AM radio in the 70s. I'm like, what the hell? But he was great, and he got a lot of shit because of his... Uh, He's most maybe going to be most remembered for his snappy-headed hoe yep. comments he made about was it the Rutgers basketball team. Yes, it was, and uh, that ended him. You know, really effectively. He was on TV. He was doing MSNBC simulcast in the morning, Fox Business. Uh, you know, AM radio, fifty thousand watts, syndicated in Boston. Uh, that's that's when I met him. Was when he came into WEI. Yeah, to do uh, some shows from Boston. He was, you know, he was curmudgeon. And he was uh, he was great, very very talented guy, a legend. So R.I.P. I am U.S. in the morning, WNBC. Um, but he's before your time a little bit. Yeah, my dad used to listen in the mornings, like taking me to school and stuff back when he was on EEI in the morning. And uh, to me, it was just an old cranky asshole. Yeah. Well, it was, it yeah. wasn't that funny to me because I was like eight, you know? <laughs> but, it, you know, if you listen to him every day, you, 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 I think you appreciate him kind of. He was very, very, and he had a great group around him that knew exactly how to play off. Oh, yeah. It was perfect. You know, it was perfect for a while there. He knew how to push their buttons, too. It was great. He sure did. Yeah. Um, we have a, a, um, a year-ender best-of show. Well, we got some really good featured pieces of podcasts past. Uh, featuring some really great guests that we had. So we invite you to listen to these in individual clips one at a time as we replay. We could play all of them all at once. <laughs> <laughs> and just let people sort that out yeah. <laughs> as best they can. If you can figure out what each clip is over <laughs> each other one, you get a free My Grandma's Coffee Cake. So maybe before we get into the clips, and we'll, we'll tell That's you. not true. We're not doing that. No. No, if, if there's a free one, I'm going to get it, yeah. and I'm going to eat it, yeah. or I'm going to send it to that kinky friend who wants that yeah. Um <laughs> Our first clip uh, is from a, a guy who's a, uh, a how many time pro bowler was Freddie Smurless? I don't know. A lot. Five? A lot. He won a lot of pro bowl. He's in the, he's in the Buffalo Bills ring of fame. He's a, you know, he's from, uh, he's from uh, Waltham. Wal Waltham. I was going to say Woburn. He's from Waltham, Massachusetts. He was an All-American wrestler, 59-1, and one, I think. Five-time Pro Bowler. You're good, man. Yep. Uh, Fred Smurlis was with us. We talked about a lot of things, but the best thing, of course, with Freddie is when you get him talking, uh, you know, unabashedly about uh, the actual NFL experience he had because he's he's a little different. This, uh, this following clip is, uh, <laughs> is the one and only Fred Smurlis. From Waltham, Massachusetts, talking about guys like Charles Haley and Howie Long and Lyle Alzada. And, well, let's listen. Now, for people who don't know, uh, 11 years with Buffalo Bills. 11 years two, with Bills. Two with the Niners and one with one the Pats. One with the Niners, two with the Pats. Oh, okay. Other way around. They brought me in to take Michael Carter's place. Yeah. And they, uh, what a bunch of good guys. Except for Charles Haley. Charles Haley should have been put in a mental hospital. I'm not joking. Should never have been allowed to be in a locker room with people. I've heard the some vile, disturbing stories about him. Even even uh, uh, Mike uh, Rice, right, took a fire extinguisher almost whacked him with it. This is the guy. I come in there. I mean, he was a vile. Mild-mannered Jerry Rice? Jerry Rice is a sweetheart. Montana, all those guys are great. That guy, I don't think he messed with Montana because 
you know, the owner the franchise, would, yeah. would have him. But Joe was a great guy. But Ch- Charles should have been put away. Now they joke, <laughs> now you take your medication. Yeah, you're good. If the some of the things he said to people, right, such a vibe, he come up to me and goes, hey, how much you make? I go, I'm not telling you. Why? Because I'm black? I said, no, because you're an asshole. <laughs> Let's simplify here. He would, I'm not going to say anything, he would do vile things in the meeting room. Things you would Want to be seen doing Re- really until you smoked a so, couple bones. So he should have been in an institution. No, really, he should have been institutionalized. Should have because now the game all these times it calmed down. He was bad to women, bad to men, bad to black guys, white guys. He was just a vile human being. Yeah, that's nasty. Step up, Jim Burke beat the crap out of him. No, you, they you, call him Sluggo. I saw a list. It was done by some pretty reputable people uh, as well of the because no one ever goes into these surveys. Generally speaking, when it comes to linemen. The top three nose tackles of all, uh, the top tw- 20 nose tackles of all time. And you were number w- three. Curly Culp was ahead of you on the list. And then some guy. Uh, he was from 1957. I saw that one. But there was a. So Curly Culp was not really a nose. He played both. I was a lot better than he was. But he was the first guy. So I'd give Arizona him. Arizona State guy, right? Yeah. Good guy, tough guy. But he was only about two, probably 260. You know, I played at 300 pounds. I don't think I was blocked by very many guys. Stevenson, who was unbelievable, but I was the four had more t- more uh, Pro Bowls, more games played, two hundred games played, more uh, consecutive starts, one hundred fifty-seven consecutive starts in the most violent. That's position. the most incredible stat. And those guys were mean. I would distract them by putting, some, uh, you know, beef jerky on my shoes, and they'd beat me down. Unless you're playing nose tackle. Hello, it's one of those positions where you get beat to shit. He, and except for he was the one doing the, the beating to shit. Uh, there's no question about it. You know, one time in the elevator, Fred Smurlis was trying to show me something he did to some guy in the NFL. And he elbowed me in the chest. Now, at the time, I was probably 175 pounds, 180. And he's 270. And he knocks me, He hit me in the sternum. And I, I actually, the wind was knocked out of me. And he keeps telling the story, you know. And he looks at me, and I'm all pale. He says, are you, are you all right? I think so. It, it hurt, man. Well, he had respect for some people. One of those would be John Hanna. And he had no respect for some other people. One of them would be Mark Gastineau. And then there was John Hanna. And now we do overs and unders. So you'd go over according to formation where you think they're going to run. So over means I'd go from the nose guard to the, to the guard. You know what I'm saying? So yep. I'd go from center to guard. And there's John. And I said, they want you to read him. And he'd come off the ball 80 miles an hour, six inches off the ground, with fluid coming out of every orifice of his body onto you <laughs> and screaming like he's going to... He's better than advertised. He's, he would go those spouts with Randy White. Yeah. He killed him. Absolutely killed him. Wow. So John and I had some good battles. I, I, when you're playing up on him and they want you to read, you really got to... You got to play like it's goal line because you got to neutralize that forward motion because yeah. he's coming man and he's got those pistons pumping and and vehemently every single time with the same kind of intensity but the th- it's scary but the intensity was one thing but his ability to block he come down on a tag block so i'm a nose he tag blocks me which when he bumps when the center hitting me when he bumps me then the center takes control he comes off and gets a linebacker i'm watching film once he hit the linebacker knocked him pirouetted like a ballerina that wants to kill you, and he goes and gets the safety. I'm watching this going, got to be shitting me. Jeez. I can uh, that's he crazy. Was, but he was better. Cause, and, and, you know, it's a shame that he didn't have more uh, credit and exposure. That's because he was 
that he wasn't friendly to people like. No, he he's didn't. a one. You met him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, you know, he's still alive. It's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so am I, too, which is really <laughs> Hide behind that rug. But I, I love the guy. I talk to him all the time. Yep. I go down, I, he's down the farm. He says he's doing better. But he should have. Monster, know. though. Monster is a, a He wasn't even super big, but he was an athlete, man. Yeah. Like, like you've never seen before. And then, like the Stevenson, Munoz, you know, that yeah. guy. And uh, You know, some players, I asked one time, I, I asked Sam Cunningham. Sam? This is back in the 70s. Uh, yeah, I played against him. Uh, who Good who is the na- who's which guy do you not want to see? You got the ball, you're trying to go th- run through the line. Who who's the last guy in the world you want to see? He said, "Oh, Jack, Jack Lambert." I just that quick. I said, "Oh yeah, that really he, yeah because that guy will bite you." <laughs> no, he would. <laughs> you know, find your leg in the pile of people and bite it. Dracula and cleats. He was um, a good. We became good friends with the Pro Bowl. My first year there, I was only the second year in the pros, and he called me a rookie because I hadn't first time in the Pro Bowl, so he made me get the beer, and I had to get the cooler and bring it to the stadium, and afterwards we'd drink beers. It's Jack Lambert, Mike Webster, you know, it's, it's <laughs> Earl Campbell, and there was, you know, I took me, Joan Green's place. and, 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 and So Jack says one day, he goes, let's, let's change positions after, you know, at, during a game. I'll yell something. You come back here, I'll play Lyman. <laughs> so that sounds good to me. So anyway... During the week, he's Gastineau's there. You know, Gastineau was 290 pounds, ran a 4-5-4. They talk about these stupid robots that run because they're all pretty. Their heads are staying down. They're really fast. And so he throws Jack's playing catch with the kid. Bing, 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 right in Hawaii. It's, it's 100 degrees out. We've been drinking for four days straight. So they don't feel like practicing. And so Gastineau takes the ball from the kid, and he throws it to Jack. Jack doesn't move. It hits him in the chest, looks down, and Gastineau looks and goes, Hey, Gastineau. I'm not impressed. Anybody can run upfield all fucking day and only make two sacks. That shit. And walked away. You know what Gasso did? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Smurless, not, he didn't like Mark Gasso. You know, and by the way, Mark Gasso was kind of a douche. <laughs> Who's his girlfriend, Ben? The, the, the movie star who dated Rocky, dated, uh, dated Sylvester Stallone. Uh, Brigitte Nelson? Yes. Oh. Gasso was like, was he married to her or something like that? Uh-huh. Well, they deserve deserved each other. There's no question about it. Uh, at the uh, near the end of the podcast with Freddie, Freddie, we asked Freddie to describe himself politically. Do you take a lot of shit from people because you're an unabashed Republican conservative? I'm a centr- centrist libertarian, uh, but What's the, in this state, because it's not, it's I've 80%. been audited five times. I had a lot of people come up and threaten me. Really, I'm 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 a right wing. Gun-toting, meat-eating, cigar-smoking, Christian. You know that silly Christian guy? I believe, and I believe that you you have rights. I believe that you shouldn't have have a mob t- mentality taking over the streets. I'm a strong believer in the NRA, right? If you, this is why we're not run by mobs because 170 million of us are armed. So, I love the accent when he says that. So if you come we're to armed. my house, 100 people protest and start breaking the windows. I can defend myself. And I've had a gun license since 1979. Zero gun crimes, but committed by registered gun owners. They lie about it. They were going to invade us during World War II. The Chinese, Japanese were going to, and someone said, they're all armed. Don't land in Texas land because they'll shoot the hell out of you. Right. That's what changes us. We can have a tyrannical government and still have the ability to defend ourselves and make a change. So we all, that's, one of the, that's why we have the Second Amendment was the second most important because you can protect the First Amendment and now they're banning words. All right, they are. If a fat guy comes by and you call him fat, hey, that's not fair. Well, he's fat. And he's bald. <laughs> I have hair on my neck. I he's braid fat. the ears. I mean, he's fat. 
<laughs> well, that's that's Freddie. And Freddie will say whatever he wants to. And by the way, he is a gun-toting guy. He is a meat eater. <laughs> he, came, he When he came to the podcast, he had a gun. Yeah. I mean, there's three of us here. I know. It scared the crap out of me with that thing, he, too. He pulls out his gun and shows us, oh, what do you think of this one? You know, we're like, what, what the hell? It's like handing it to us. You're here, six, take it, hold it. Dude, you're 6'4", 290, and, and you were, you're a badass. Always have been. Why do you need to bring a gun into our podcast? <laughs> I mean, I was. Uh, he's, he's a piece of work. Don't Fred worry. Don't, don't listen to them, Fred. Uh, football season, of course. Now, we, I would, was going to mention the Patriots, but I would didn't want to puke right here on the table because of what happened. Anyway, so I won't talk about that, but I will say that the Patriots and the Patriots alone not just ruined my weekend with my betonline.ag wagers, but it ruined everybody's weekend in the entire world. The bookies, the only people smiling after that. After that, it was unbelievable how that happened. Anyway, how about you, Ben? What did you think of that game? See, he's puking on this right here. He looks pale. Yeah. It's it's oh, it's playoff time though now, and that's where it kind of it gets a little, I think, easier to pick winners. And the BetOnline.ag website is your favorite uh, place to go because why? Because they're very nice, kind, generous, and professional, and they give you this fifty percent bonus for a welcome bonus, which Ben has tried under nine different names now. <laughs> <laughs> it's what's it called? The bonus, uh, the phrase that pays. CLNS five zero. C as yeah. in Chris. L as in l- l- lard. Yeah. N as in not. And S as in stupid. <laughs> five zero. CLNS 50. 50. And you, get a, you take advantage of that uh, betonline.ag welcome bonus and get with it for the fun. It, it puts the fun back in football. Now, did I think there was going to be a game the Patriots are going to be involved in this coming? No, I didn't. I thought they were going to get a bye. Didn't you? You told me earlier in the week. I know. Yeah, you said I it. know. I couldn't have been wronger. But uh, then again, we all were wrong. They were minus 1,100 on the odds. Hey, come on. One guy bet like you know you had to you had to bet like a hundred bucks to win eight dollars or something like that uh, with the Patriots, and so all these people loaded up thinking, well, and guess what happened? And if anybody actually jumped out there and took Miami, they may not like bandits. So that's what it takes. Uh, we had a, a podcast. These are all from episodes uh, what twelve to twenty five. Like all these a year in review, yeah, yeah, spotlight. Yeah, yeah, take out some of the clips and the highlights and the funny moments from some of these podcasts. Chad Finn's podcast did very well. No, the first time he came in, and I think it was probably ninety percent of the people who listened to that were people in the media afraid Chad Finn was going to say something bad about him. <laughs> and the other one was probably Mutt. But oh, <laughs> Chad Finn was on. We were talking about the early days of, and the early competitive days of. Uh, of 98.5, the Sports Hub, and 93.7, WEEI. We got into a little bit, you know, talk about some of the different players and characters from that period of time. The early lineup of, of 98.5, I'm trying to think that when that happened, because a lot of the talent from that station kind of learned the business or, you know, ate at the ample milk teat of Glenn Ordway, <laughs> one or the other. <laughs> I mean, you know, they like Tony Maz. You by know, Imple Milk Teat's going to show up in a column. <laughs> Tony Maz, by the way, still, and he's been very successful. He with Felger, uh, but is there any doubt that he has the worst voice in the history of radio? It's not a great radio voice. I mean, you know, they had they had other options there. They wanted Lou. I think Mike Reese auditioned for it at the time, and then you know Maz got it, and he was a serious candidate all along. Yep. But it was. Uh, 
it was pretty clear from the beginning it was an uneven uh, situation there. It's amazing that with the, the decibels and the you know the alto soprano <laughs> voice that he has. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. I mean, I, it's like if Mickey Mouse got a radio job, that's how he would sound. And I'm not look. He's been he's done very well, a hell of a lot better than me. And he, I always respected him as a writer. And uh, did he get his hair transplant yet? No, he, don't look like it. He should call Doctor Robert <laughs> Leonard at one eight hundred Get Hair when he gets around to that. And Felger, of course, had had three or four runs at it with Glenn. Yeah, he got his reps in <laughs> in yeah. and around Glenn. In one way or the other. But, you know, Glenn really launched a lot of people. Well, Felger and Maz were regulars on the big show at that point in time. Because I feel like the big show had a lot of different incarnations where it was really successful. And, like, uh, Callahan and the other Globe guys are still allowed on. So Shaughnessy would be on. Right. Jackie Mack would be on. Sure. Uh, then Board just kind of ruined that for everybody. And, uh, <laughs> it, you know, then you get, like, the Bill Burt, Larry Johnson days. And then it, he kind of found a next generation of people. I think Maz was, was really good on that show. Felger was pretty good, but he came on fairly late. Yep. Um, but uh, those those two guys really benefited from being on there. The big show, which ended, uh, I always thought that, you know, that brand was so well established. And I know the, 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 whole, the whole not going off AM, going to FM thing you know, may, may have been part of the... A killing blow for the big show. Uh, but why not have Glenn stay there? Throughout? The answers to all the problems that EIs had when they tried to get younger was to bring back the old guys. You know, Dale for a while was persona non grata. Look at it now. Jerry's still on in the morning, Dale in the afternoon, right. and Glenn, Glenn in afternoon drive. This is the same as 1997, right? Yeah. I mean, the we only don't thing have a... missing is me at night. And the fabulous sports babe. <laughs> I could do a show with her. You don't want to. Have you seen this, the Fabulous Sports Babe lately? No. Have you, Ben? No. See, no? No. Okay. Because I think most people would agree with that. You don't want to. All right. Yeah, but I'll do respect. You know, it doesn't mean anything. I just, I'm just saying, you know. Do you ever notice that people can say, you see what I'm saying? When you say, you see what I'm saying, do you know what that means? It doesn't mean anything. You see what I'm saying? But she used it as a buffer in between. Well, you're wondering why I'm not on the radio anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so we threw out some names. We always do this with Chad Finn, too. Because, yeah. you know, he's a, a guy who takes a lot of crap for his opinion. And by the way, I don't think he's been harsh on anybody in particular. Mm. You know, every time, he, once in a while, you know, he'd say something. Say, oh, well, yeah. But that's his job. That's our job. Because we are now also joining him in the ranks of media critics. Are we not media critics now? Everybody's a media critic. That's exactly right. <laughs> and if the if you can't stand the heat, Ben, what is? how do you finish that? If you can't stand the heat, then... Get out the kitchen. Get out of the kitchen, <laughs> Ben. Kitchen. Uh, we, we continue to talk to Chad Finn during our, our, our uh, a really, really well-downloaded podcast with Chad Finn. About some of the just some of the names you throw them out there and you wait for someone to say something nasty. Hey, let's go with Andy Gresh. What did you think of him? I didn't think he was quite as bad as some people thought he seemed to be, but man, he could be such an asshole on the air and and unbearable to listen to at times. But yep. there were some times about it, sometimes that I thought he was was not that bad and he could be serviceable, but whew. He pissed off everybody behind the scenes, and that was his downfall. The way the way he treated people, um, I think it got to the point where even Zolak, you know, was like, "All right, I've I've had about enough of this." Yeah. And you know, I think another thing there too was probably that he kind of 
carried himself on the air like he was those equal in terms of football experience. You oh, know, was wow. Brutal. All conference at Rhode Island, Yankee yeah. Conference, <laughs> uh, nine years in the NFL as a backup quarterback and yeah. a pretty respected guy by his coaches. And, and I think that got a little old, too. Just yeah. uh, oh, that, rumblings. That, brutal. that stuff was brutal because he would make yeah. it sound like he was an All-American lineman. It's like, uh, right, you were right. a jag at a nothing school, essentially. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Jeez, now I feel free to say what I was going to say about him. I mean, I think he was elite, a, he was at a least bit, Keith big, doesn't take his college football seriously. You know, that, that's, did he play too? Yeah. Where'd he play? I forget. <laughs> See? I think he was a some upstate giant school. Oh, yeah. Uh, Hobart, was it or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hobart. Hobart. I think Gresh was a giant, <laughs> bloviating, bag-o-smash with a mouth. Did you ever work with him? No. Just totally from hearing that. I think I worked with him on a couple of TV uh, episodes at, at uh, Comcast. You know, uh, I was on with him. How'd you but fit on the screen? He was just a, annoying, you know, to be around. He just seemed like a jerk. Yeah. That's everything I've always heard about him. All right, let's go with Lou Maloney. You want to go first? <laughs> do you read my Twitter? <laughs> I absolutely do. By the way, he's a good follow, at Chad Finn. Uh, you know, you're thoughtful. I'm thoughtful. Oh, you're thoughtful on your Twitter. Yeah, you can be a tw- snarky asshole at times. Yeah, no, it's, it's amusing. That, that requires thought, and, and <laughs> he's very thoughtful in his. Uh, he doesn't just write his tweet and just throw it out there. He, he thinks about it. Yeah, I do, and then I run off for a while. Like la- last time, I got in a fight with Lou. I went on vacation for a week afterwards. I timed it perfectly. You did. Yeah. Oh, it's like throwing a club punch. You get in there, throw the punch. You back away. Let the crowd suffer. Uh, close in around you, and <laughs> yeah. you're now, gone. But are these guys in this market thin-skinned? Yeah, and. Uh, uh, you know, the, I mean, there's a lot at stake in terms of the just the ratings, what your bonus is from being one to not being one. Uh, you know, that means a lot to them, and they want the perception out there that they're number one, even though they aren't. Um, and I'm an easy target for that because I'm the one reporting the numbers. Reporting the numbers, yeah. Yeah. Now, um, the, the argument with you has always been from their side of, of things is, well, you're not counting the Internet. <laughs> You, you don't count Providence. I, you know, I even gave them that, too. I do count Providence. Uh, they don't like that I acknowledge that this is Providence. But, you know, I, I feel like I'm fair. And then I get it from the 98.5 side that uh, you shouldn't count Providence. And then I go to Nielsen and they say, eh, I don't know. I guess you could count Providence or maybe not. So that you know, there are absolutely no help. So you have to have guys. a disclaimer in there now, with all explaining I, that you do so both. So many goddamn disclaimers on everything, you wouldn't believe it. But I try to just get it out there. I, if you read the one I write about the ratings, it's the facts. It's just and the ratings period from blah 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 to blah 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 and men twenty five fifty four blah blah was first. Blah blah. But was they think six. you have a horse in the race. I have no horse. Maybe if I was on one of the stations, I've never been on either of the stations except podcasts i've been on kirk's twice right. i think yeah, when we, you were the producer we, we brought you in there yeah and uh i was on with alex spear for some super nerdy baseball thing we did when he was the dei oh was the it. the minor league yeah baseball that was thing, awesome yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually it was kind of a popular podcast and that company just refused to embrace it for so long until kirk actually decided to speak up and wanted to do something else what was that kirk's podcast well, they just didn't give a shit about podcasting for oh, so long yeah, and yeah. didn't do thing. anything, and they just dismissed it like it was 98.5 going on FM, which is something – podcasting can make tremendous amounts of money, as you know, until Kirk finally spoke up and said, here, I, I'll do this. Maybe it was a contract ploy. I don't know what it was, but finally they took it Well, it wasn't long before you extent. looked up and it was number one or two on iTunes. And no, it was it debuted. Rocket. Was it number one? Debuted yeah. number one. Yeah, it was yep. a huge success. 
Well, it's good to have good. you know a, a highly rated sports radio show from which to promote a podcast. I, I wish I had one. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact is that uh, I think one hand washes the other in that regard, and clearly podcasting now is a, a vastly different uh, frontier. If people people know how to do it, they know what it's about. How, how much from a listenership? Even if they don't know how to do it, they get paid from it. That's it. right, there Mike. Go. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> but it's uh, from the perspective of look. Do I if I'm driving in the morning? And there's an entertaining podcast that I can listen to in my car, off my phone, or what have you, instead of listening to Mutt, Mutt Nansky, you know, on the way to work. Of course I'm going to choose that, you know? Do you not like Mutt? Do you know him? Yeah. Actually, I worked with him. <laughs> I, I worked with Mutt a little bit. Uh, I'm going to just say this because I, I like to be honest on these podcasts. At all, I mean, at all costs, I'm going to tell you how, what, I, how, what I really think. Least talented person I've ever worked with. You didn't think I would get through an entire podcast without mentioning uh, our uh, favorite monkey boy? What? Uh, um, you know, never, never ends, does it, Bill? Hey, have you guys even asked him to come on the podcast? I'm not going to ask I have, him. I, I've asked him. Did you? And what did he say? He said, absolutely. He will not. He will not. You know, he doesn't have I'll, the I'll, nuts. I'll ask him again. <laughs> um, one of my favorite people in the world. And is co- Mutt? Yes. Absolutely. He's top of the heap. Um, in fact, if I ever have a kid, another kid. Oh, God. I, I will. <laughs> no. And he and he's, has really, really big ears. No. Oh, God. It smells bad. I'm going to name him Mutt. No. I know. One of my favorite people, though, seriously, in the whole world is Lee Monfield, one of the great writers. I've read at least eight of his books. I think he's only written nine. Uh we had him on, and he was—he's always always fun. And, and uh, I'm telling you, folks out there, if you haven't read the Big Bam, his book about Babe Ruth, or his book about Ted Williams, or the one we're going to talk about about Manute Bowl, you should. Uh, here's Lee Montville, and uh, yours truly with a little Manute Bowl talk. I did a story on Manute Bowl for Sports Illustrated, and I just found the guy. You know his whole story fascinating. That was I, the center of two worlds. Center of two worlds, and and. I, I did a book on Manute Bowl, and uh, you know it sold about seven. But but I, I liked it. He, he was it, it was a really interesting story, you know. Well, and these these can sell into perpetuity, you know, uh, books like that because he was such an interesting character and in such a, a high profile sport. But what a what a weird story uh, his was. Not just the seven foot seven stuff. That's yeah, nothing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it was the whole thing of. Uh, he he was like the golden fleece or something that that everybody had been searching for. This guy seven foot seven, and and they took him literally out of the jungle and brought him to the University of Bridgeport, where he couldn't read, couldn't write, but got a two point nine. Didn't speak English. Uh, didn't speak English. Didn't you know? He, he didn't know how to hold a pencil. Um, that they, they had to teach him how to hold a pencil. I mean, now is that a testimony to uh, his his ability to you know? follow through on, on this mission, or is it Bridgeport's lack of academic standards? I don't know. They, 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 they let him take um, take verbal classes, you yeah. know, so he didn't have to write. And and he was a smart guy, Yeah, uh, and he could speak, but when he learned English, he could speak like four or five languages. Um, so it, it was just an, an interesting thing. He also died at a very early age, as many very, very super tall people do for some reason. I don't know why uh, in particular, but he that was sad to read. I, I actually met him at the Boston Garden, 
And it was kind of a bizarre thing because I was drinking that night. Can you imagine? No. He was up in the ring, you know, up on the top layer, uh, seventh, what is it, seventh floor there where the press is? And he was sitting on a chair, folding chair. Uh, and I was looking at him standing on my own two feet at perfectly uh, equal eye level because he was sitting and I was standing. And you, that's something mm -hmm. you can't believe when you see it because he had such long legs. And I was uh, eating peanuts and drinking beer, and I, won I saw him, and I said, I walked up to him, I go, Bridgeport! And when I said the pee in Bridgeport, a piece of peanut flew out of my mouth and stuck to his cheek. <laughs> right right on his cheek. And so I, I just reached out and gently brushed it off. It felt like an asshole. That's you were an That's asshole. I wasn't. You just spit all over him. I didn't mean to, though. I was saying hi. That's happened when you've met many famous people. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, 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 he was perfectly nice. He didn't care. And I shook hands with him and I'm like, you know, I talked to him a little bit. He was so nice. And then I was, um, as I'm leaving that night, I'm thinking, why, you, why did you spit a peanut on his face? Manute Ball, rest in peace, tall man. He's seven foot seven, right? You know, when you're that tall, every ball looks Manute from there. <laughs> Manute Ball. Ben, huh? Ben, huh? I heard you. I heard you. Yes, I can really turn the phrase, can't I? <laughs> well, we had Glenn Ordway on, and that was one of our better podcasts for sure, because Glenn was telling some fabulous, fabulous stories. Yeah, he was having a good time. Including one in particular about the guy who preceded me in the nighttime slot at WEEI, the immortal Ted Sarandis. Here's Glenn Ordway. So we're in Detroit. And Rick Roby is remember Rick Roby, sure, a wild man. He was he was absolutely crazy. So Rick Roby comes into the uh, into the bar. We're all sitting around, we're just shooting the shit and talking about stuff. And Ted Sarantis is at the bar, and he's trying to pick up this woman at the bar. And Roby just starts laughing as he walks in. He said, "Mooker, Mooker." He's going, he's going, it's a hooker. And he didn't know. Yeah. So it, there's a bunch of us sitting around, and Roby starts taking bets on the table. He said, I'm telling you right now, I will get her to leave with me, and I won't pay a dime. Okay? I won't pay a dime for it. So we're going, come on, come on. Teddy's going to pay money out of his pocket. It was obvious, you know, Teddy was into some of that stuff. I don't know if you know the story, but there was a... Um, a uh, prostitute who was killed by a professor at Tufts, and Teddy was one of the pallbearers for the uh, for the prostitute. <laughs> yeah, you didn't know that story. <laughs> oh, Jesus, true story. Really? Yes. I believe you. Yeah, I'm just so stunned. She, wait a so she yeah. had that many friends. <laughs> <laughs> true story. <laughs> so anyway, so anyway, uh, we're there, and Roby, and we're all putting cash on the table because. It was obvious that Teddy was into this thing, you know, to each his own. I have no problem with it if sure. Teddy wants to do it. You know, sometimes you go in for a massage and maybe you get a little extra. Yeah, or, okay. or she rubs you the wrong a little way. lighter. Maybe. That's that's the way. Right. So we all put money on the table saying money speaks louder <laughs> than you, Rick. Who are you? You're not Larry Bird. Who are you? You're Rick Roby. So Roby goes over there. The next thing I know, he's sweet talking this woman. Teddy's got this aggravated look on his face. Yeah. Like, holy shit, he's taking my woman like, away from like me. Like, this has happened to me before. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and he had this, oh, this face, the expression. Next thing you know, Roby leaves with the woman, goes upstairs. Now, we don't know, and, and we refused to pay him in the end because we don't know whether he paid or not. We don't know. We didn't have video in the room. We right. didn't have the cameras in there, so we couldn't tell if there was a How much money was on the table? Uh, there was like three, $400. Oh, so it was definitely more than she yeah. was charging. Yeah. No, there's some serious money on the table. That's big. But it was hilarious. Now, I, Roby was... walked away, and poor Ted was sitting there <laughs> by himself, table for one Ted. 
that well, was the it. good thing yeah, about prostitutes is there's always another one around the corner. And so from well. that from that time on, we used to call them table for one day. Table for one. <laughs> well, a lot of those women didn't know until they actually got involved, probably, that he had a retractable dome. <laughs> uh, Teddy, I worked at, you know, I used to come in and do Teddy's show at night when I was working at NECN. He'd, he'd have me on as a guest. And one night I sat there while we were talking basketball, and Ted was very intense. But Ted had another habit. He used to use his thumb and pick his nose. Oh. Well, and, and, and then he would roll them up in these little balls, <laughs> and he would just put them on the newspaper that was in front of him. Oh. Like, they were... <laughs> So, like, I'm sitting there talking to him. And I'm, I'm trying not to be distracted by him. He's rolling, rolling thumb boogers. And I said, okay. <laughs> at the, so now we go to a break, and the commercials play. Ted gets up, takes the newspaper over to the wastebasket, and taps it. So they all go into the wastebasket. All the boogers Sanitary. go running into the That's wastebasket. God. Puts it right back down in front of him because he didn't want to throw away a good, perfectly good newspaper. <laughs> I loved him. I love working with Ted. Ted, very intense guy. Um <laughs> One of the great events of all time was Glenn Ordway's wedding. It was a fantastic uh, evening, and uh, I was. Uh, it was an honor to be invited to that. Glenn tells the story of this wedding, but Dick Raditz was there. I mean, he was out of his mind. We're, we're all Tommy Heinz. It was just a great night. And here's the Glenn Ordway story about one drunk guy at his wedding. You're one of those guys. You're you're so. Um, you never know what you're going to do. So I get... Uh, you're I, right, I don't. I, I get married. I get married. My wife, Sarah, I love yep. her dearly. We're still together. And, I was uh, at your wedding. Day. Oh, uh, yeah, that's my story. <laughs> so we have this wonderful R&B band, like a 12-piece band. My wife had loved them. She had seen them like eight, nine months in advance, and we loved this band, and we had to have this band, and they're doing every R&B tune or whatever. We have to go out for a while to go take pictures. Yep. Somebody comes... like. 15 minutes later, somebody comes running out to me, the person that was running the wedding, the, the wedding planner or whatever, and said, we got a problem. I said, what's the problem? One of your friends has taken over the microphone and is up there singing Al Green songs. <laughs> singing Al Green Foundation. <laughs> Baby, now that I found you, I can let you. So I go back out there and I look up at the stage and there's yeah. Mikey up there with Cocked. the band. With the band. And he's doing like old temptation dances back <laughs> and forth. Oh my rolling God. His, rolling his arms. That was embarrassing. I said, that's my fun. My friend. Put I Mikey. was cock big good. O. I sure was, but it was a it was a big night uh, for me. And by the way, they asked me to join the band after the, the event was over. They said, "Can you? What do you do on Saturdays and Sundays?" Um, so I just want to remind everybody that t several things. First of all, uh, that we have T-shirts that you can get, and here's oh. the deal: six one seven apparel dot com. You guys each have one. Yes, we do. Yep. See what happens is if, if they sell ten of the Planet Mikey podcast T-shirts. Then they give us one free, so we we give <laughs> no, and it's a good deal. We're going to give away one free. To in fact, remember the phrase that pays. We throw it out there, and That's, if someone would yeah. tweet, the first person that tweets it to me wins. Yeah. Watch this. Yes, the phrase that pays is, "Give me that goddamn shirt." <laughs> if you tweet, "Give me that goddamn shirt," to at Planet Mikey, and you're the first person that tweets that, I'm going to give you that goddamn shirt. And it's going to come from our friends at 617 Apparel. I just need your size, your home address, your wife's social security number. No, I will send it right to you, and it'll be really, really great. Going into 2020, what are we doing, boys? We're giving away stuff. Huh? 
We'll give it away stuff. Oh, I like that. Bribe the listeners. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I got this machine that rolls these perfect cones. Oh. We'll give it. Oh, I can't talk about that. No. That's episode 58. Thanks for being you, especially you, Ben. Thank you. You too, Smitty. Thanks. Good night, everybody. <laughs>